The Aftora of the Parsha of Emor is from the book of Ezekiel, Yecheskel. And there Yecheskel speaks about the third base Amigdosh, how it's going to be in the third holy temple. He begins by telling us, the Kohanim, who are from the tribe of Levi, and the children of Tzadok, they are going to be the ones who are going to be running the third holy temple. And he goes on to talk about and describe the prohibitions of the Kohanim, like it talks about in the portion of Emmer, for example, the prohibition of a Kohen marrying a divorcee, not to come in contact with a dead body. And if they do, they are impure for seven days. Interesting to note that even though we're talking about the third holy temple, when Mashiach comes, he's going to build the third holy temple. Yet the Haftorah still speaks about death because there will be two different times in the coming of Mashiach. There will be first the first stage when Elam the world will continue as is. However, it will be a world of peace and harmony, but theoretically there could be death. And then there will be stage two, when there will no longer be death. And furthermore, we will experience the kitsu v'ranu sheikhni offer that those who lie in the dust will rise and sing. There will be the tchir samesim, the resurrection of the dead. So the Avtora talks about the prohibition of marrying a divorcee for a koyin, not to come in contact with dead bodies, not to drink wine when they are doing avodah service in the Beis Hamikdash, And similarly, we learn that a rabbi should not be intoxicated when he gives a halacha, when he gives a halacha grueling. He has to be in his right mind. And it concludes by saying that you are to bring gifts to the Koyin. For example, the truma, one-fiftieth of your grain, and the challah. After a woman needs the dough, or a man needs dough, or a baker needs dough, they have to give a piece of that dough to the Koyin. Today, we burn it in the oven. But really, in the time of the Beis Hamikdash, when the Jews lived in Israel, when everybody was in a state of purity, the challah was given to the koyin. After you kneaded the dough, you took that piece of raw dough and you gave it to the koyin, your neighbor, your friend, your cousin, whoever it was. You gave them the actual raw piece of dough. So these are the various gifts that one is supposed to give the koyin. And it's all described here in the Aftorah of Emmer in the book of Ezekiel chapter 44. Numerous questions come to mind. Number one, what is this terminology in the very first verse? The Kohanim from the tribe of Levi. We, we all know that the Kohanim come from the tribe of Levi. Furthermore, why must he say B'nai Tzadok? Why must he tell us the family that is going to be running the Beis HaMikdosh? There are numerous answers to this question. First and foremost, we must remember that in the time of the first base of Mikdash, there were many idolatrous kings, and they appointed Kohanim 
to lead their sanctuaries, their temples, that were not from the tribe of Levi. And therefore, Ezekiel, once again, is underscoring this fact that the Kohanim have to come from the tribe of Levi. In other words, you have to be born into it. You cannot buy your way into it. That's the simple interpretation. Number two, the Haftorah is telling us that you should know that the Kohanim Alevim, the Kohanim were chosen because they were Levites. The Levites were a very holy tribe. For example, in Mitzrayim, they studied Torah. Even though most of the Jews at that time <clears throat> were slaves and working, however, the tribe of Levi never stopped studying Torah, even in Egypt, even before the Torah was given. They studied the Torah. Furthermore, the tribe of Levi circumcised their children in Egypt when the majority of Israel did not. And that is why before they left Egypt, one of the things that they were required to do was to perform the circumcision. So together with the blood of the Paschal Lamb, they also had the blood of the circumcision that they put on their doorposts. Finally, in the desert, when it came to the sinning of the golden calf, the tribe of Levi did not give their jewelry. They did not participate in that terrible sin. And on the contrary, they cleaned up the mess. So the tribe of Levi is a very holy tribe. And therefore, you should know the Kohanim have to be holy people. They have to be deservant of being in the holy temple. Furthermore, B'nai Tzadok, they are coming from the children of Tzadok. We know that Aaron HaKohen had two surviving sons, Elazar and Isamar. Primarily, the high priesthood went to Pinchas, the son of Elazar. However, after Pinchas, it was given over to Eli, who was from the second son, Isamar. Comes along Ezekiel and says, in the third base, Amidash is going to be returned to the line of Eliezer, and therefore Tzadok, who comes from Eliezer, he will be the Koyin at that time. This coming week is Lag Boimer. We celebrate Lag Boimer. Lag Boimer is known as the Matan Torah, the day of the giving of the Torah, of Panimiot, the Torah, of the secrets of the Torah. And therefore, it's only fitting that we should talk about Kabbalah when we are learning this week's parsha. Kabbalah has a phenomenal insight to the idea of what it means, the Kohanim and the Levim. And the Arizal tells us that when Mashiach will come, that the Levites will become Kohanim. Fakohanim alavim means that the Kohanim that came from the Levites. In other words, even though they were Levites now, when they passed away, they are going to be resurrected as Kohanim. Why? What does that mean? We have to go back to the story of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had two children, Cain and Hevel. Later they had more children. At the beginning they had two children, Cain and Hevel. Cain was the Bukhar, was the first child. Hevel 
was the second child. Before the scene of the golden calf, the Kohanite was given to the Bukhar, was given to the oldest child. Therefore, by right, Cain was supposed to be the Kohen. However, Cain sinned, he killed Hevel. However, because of that, he lost his Kohenship. When Mashiach comes, he's going to be restored once again to Cain. Now, what is the difference between Cain or Cain and Hevel, Abel? Cain brought a sacrifice and Hevel brought a sacrifice. Cain and Abel. Cain brought a sacrifice from flax, linen. Abel brought a sacrifice from sheep. Abel brought from the best sheep, the finest sheep. Cain brought from the flax, but not the best of the flax. Says the Torah that God listened and he turned to accept the sacrifice of Hevel and he did not accept the sacrifice of Cain. We all know the end of the story. Cain was jealous of Hevel and then he killed him. Let us ponder for a moment. Why did Cain bring flax? What was his incentive? What was his motive? What was his intention? Cain was a very holy person. And so was Hevel. They were both the children of Adam. Who was created by God himself. So besides being physically beautiful and handsome. And perfect. They were also intellectually brilliant and giants in spirituality. So, Cain knew what he was doing. Why did he bring flax? Kabbalah tells us that flax grow differently than other types of wheat or grain or produce. What is unique about the flax is when you plant that seed, it grows only one stalk. Therefore, in the Holy Temple, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, when he went into the Holy of Holies, he wore linen. Because linen is unique, it's called bud, alone, it grows alone, implying that there's only one thing in the world, and that is God. There's nothing else besides God. So when the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, goes into the Holy of Holies on the holiest day of the year, so you have the holiest Jew going into the holiest place on the holiest day, what does he wear? Not gold, not diamonds, not pearls, but he wears bud. He wears linen. As... The Haftorah tells us in this week's parsha, Pishtim, big day Pishtim. What is the reason that the holiest Jew on the holiest day in the holiest place is wearing only linen, not gold and silver and diamonds and rubies? Because in the Holy of Holies, there was a revelation of God that existed like nowhere else in the world. What was that revelation? 
We spoke about this numerous times. That on one hand, you had the ark that measured two and a half amis by one and a half amis. It was in a room of ten amis by ten amis, yet it took up no space. In other words, when you measured from both sides of the ark, it was still ten amis, five amis to this side, five amis to that side, five amis this side, five amis that side. It did not take up any space. Because in that place, you had what we call ninnaham noise. You had the joining of the opposites. You had finity and infinity together, which alludes to God's uniqueness, which alludes to what we call in Kabbalah and Chassidis, atzmus, the essence of God. And therefore, on this day, when the Koyin God or the high priest goes into this place, where he recognizes and he's in touch with the essence of God, he wears linen implying bud, which there's only one stalk per seed, implying there's only one God, there's only one truth, there's only one reality that exists in the world, there's no other energy, there's no other power, there is no other reality. Cain understood this. Cain wanted to reveal this uniqueness of God in the world. And so he brings a sacrifice. A sacrifice of linen, considered to be the most precious, most valuable produce that comes forth from the ground. However, the one problem is he does not bring the best. He brings not the best, because he says it doesn't really matter. When we're talking about that level of revelation, it doesn't matter good or bad because God is beyond good and bad. He's beyond right and wrong. He's beyond light and darkness. And therefore, he did not bring the best of the linen. What does Hevel do? Hevel brings only an animal, not the best animal, not a cow, not a ram. He brings a sheep. But he brings the best of the sheep. God says, that I will take, and that I want. Why? Because the intention of creation is that, not that God should be alone, and there should be nothing else in the world that exists besides God. Like in the Holy of Holies, there was only the Koyin and God himself, nothing else. No other people, no other angels were allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. When the high priest went there, Yes, from time to time we need to have that intimacy. From time to time we have that connection. But that is not the purpose of creation. The purpose of creation is to bring God down into the multiplicity of creation. And that is why in the Shema we say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekeinu, Hashem Echod. We don't say Hashem Yochid, like they translated in some Sidurim. God is unique. That's not the interpretation. Hashem Echod, God is one. One means Dalid Ches Aleph. That's the way you spell Echod. That there are four corners to the world. And Ches, there are seven heavens. And there's the physical world. All of this is nullified to God. Everything that comes and goes in this world needs to be used to serve God. But there is a physical world, and God wants us to recognize the physical world. And therefore, Cain at that time was not acknowledged for his sacrifice. Because 
That was not the intention of creation. Only Hevel. Comes, however, the Haftorah and tells us that when Mashiach will come, the Kehanim will now come from the Levites. The Levites came from Cain. The Kohanim came from Hevel. But now that things are going to be switched around, there's going to be Tikkun Olam, there's going to be the fixing of the world, Cain will now be restored to be the Kohen. So the Levites that came from Cain will now be Kohanim. Why does this mean on a personal level for every single one of us? Not all of us are Kohanim. We weren't born from the tribe of Levi. So the Altarebbe writes in Tanya chapter 50, he says like this, what was the path of the tribe of Levi? In the Holy Temple, they sang songs. There was music, there was harmony. That's what they did. There was intense love and passion that the Levites had for Hashem. This represents serving God with tremendous fire, with tremendous love, with tremendous zeal. And this quality is going to be realized in the entire world when Mashiach comes. In other words, normally the Kohanim come from the attribute and the midah of chesed, kindness. A Kohen, by nature, was a kind person. He had to help people and was kind to people. And his love to God was also a love of water, a love of kindness. It wasn't that passionate. It wasn't that intense. It was more intellectual. The love of the Levites was much more passionate. It came from Gevura. It came from, from criticism. It came from judgment. It came from strength. It was a very intense, deep, powerful love. When Mashiach comes, it says, that the Kohanim will have this intensity of the Levim. That their love to God will not be, okay, I love you, God. It's going to be, I love you, God. It's going to be a wild, crazy, passionate, fiery, inflamed love. And in truth, every Jew today, and every human being today, and every Noahide today, can acquire a taste of this love. And that is through his bonanut. That is through meditation. We know Kabbalah, we know Chassidis, are very big into meditation. They were the original meditators. They were the original inventors of, of meditation. And when a person meditates, like the high priest who goes into the Holy of Holies, that God is beyond time and space. In other words, not only do you meditate on the greatness of this physical world, which is so giant and so amazing and so humongous, but it's still limited. It's still limited. There's still one galaxy and another galaxy. It might take hundreds of years to get there. But there's affinity to this creation. And therefore the love is also a limited love. But when you meditate on God's infinity, that this whole world compared to God, as the Kabbalists explain, are simply like a drop in the entire ocean. But God is beyond the entire world and universe. God is truly infinite. This will bring a person to have this intense, fiery, passionate Love for Almighty God. So therefore, the Haftorah begins by saying, that the Kohanim today will be on the level of Levim. 
because their love for God will intensify. And similarly, the entire Jewish people are called a nation of Kohanim. At Torah, when God gave us the Torah, He said, you are to be to me for a nation of Kohanim. That every single Jew, in reality, has this ability to reach this level of this passionate love. So therefore, the Haptreda says that the Kohanim are to wear these garments of linen when they enter into the inner chamber, implying the Holy of Holies. Because in the Holy of Holies, where God is truly alone, then they are to wear these linen garments that also are alone the way they grow from their seeds. The Pasha of Emmer very often falls out the week of Lagba Emmer. Lagba Emmer, we explained earlier, is the day of Matan Torah for Panimiuta Torah. It is the day of the giving of the Torah of the secrets of the Torah. Just like Shavuot or Shavuos is the Matan Torah for the entire Torah, primarily the revealed Torah, Lagba Emmer is the giving of the Torah of the secrets of Torah. So what is the connection between Lagba Emer and the portion of Emer? In the very beginning of the portion of Emer, Rashi tells us, Emer Vamarta, that this entire parsha that deals with Kohanim, the Kohanim are to teach these laws to their children. And as it says, Lahaz here, G'doylem Alakanim, that the, the elders should teach the youth. Now, the word lahazir normally means to reprimand, to warn, to teach, etc., etc. But it means to teach and to warn in a stringent manner, with, with gavura. But Chassidus and Kabbalah come along and say lahazir is from the word zohar. Rabbi Shemayichoy wrote the zohar. Zohar means light. How should an adult teach a child? How should a parent teach a child? How should a teacher teach a student? Lahaz here through light, through inspiration, through joy, through happiness. Lahaz And more than that, there should be a connection between father and son, mother and daughter, teacher and student. In the world around us, there is a terrible generation gap. Comes along Rab Shimon Bayechoi and like Boimer, and he says, I want you to celebrate my day of passing. I want parents and children to go out into the field and see the glory of God and to become truly united as one. So, this is the, the power of Lag Boimer. On one hand, it's the revelation of the greatest secrets of the Torah. On the other hand, it's taking these great secrets and bringing it down like Hevel into the everyday world to impact the everyday world. And therefore, on the day of Lag Boimer, we should try to do two or three things. Number one, to go beyond the letter of the law. A holy tzaddik went beyond the letter of the law when he served God. Not only did he do his obligations and fulfill his requirements and his quota, but he said, let's go beyond the letter of the law. On this day, when we learn Kabbalah, when we celebrate the life of Rab Shimin, we too should try to do something beyond the letter of the law. Number two, to try to feel in our soul, in our heart, spirituality. 
to meditate on God and to say, yes, I want to be more spiritual. I feel that, that connection to God and I feel that spirituality. And thirdly, try to see God in everything that you do. In other words, when you eat, you make a bracha and say, I'm using this food to serve Hashem. When you go out into the field and you play sports, think about how I can use this to serve Hashem besides the fact that the actual ball has to go into the basket, which means taking the world, the universe, and bringing the entire universe to redemption. The mere fact that I am now exercising is also for the sake of God. To have a healthy body means I have a healthy mind. Therefore, I can serve God with joy, with strength, with exuberance, and with gavura, with strength, which is the way the world is going to experience God when Mashiach comes, with this intensity, with this tremendous gavura, like Cain originally wanted the world to experience God. So to wish everybody a beautiful week, a week of success and blessing, and to truly connect with our Mishim Bayechoi on a deep level, and to really feel this gavura, this power of God in our life and in our daily routine.